And back on a Monday night here, six minutes after 7 o'clock, and we are revved up and we are ready to go. John Pincus in the chair tonight, providing the content, the answers, and all of the knowledge. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, or if you prefer, one triple eight. 225-TALK, that is toll-free. Lots of stuff we'll get to tonight, including emails, help at employmenthour.com. you want to reach out anytime. We'll get to the topic of temporary layoffs, what you need to know, and um, if we have time, you have to do something about it if dot, dot, dot. We'll get to that as well in between the phone calls. But as mentioned, the phone lines are open. We're ready for you to make your contributions to the show. A little bashful, don't worry about it. Call in. Just uh, If you're calling for yourself, possibly a friend or a family member it has to do with a severance package or maybe something's going down at work and it doesn't pass a sniff test give us a call john will answer uh, your questions to get the ball uh, rolling and we'll also give out the contact information throughout the show if you want to contact john or leo or the rest of the guys at the firm uh anytime after that we'll do that uh, for sure first though we always start with a couple things going on with the uh the week that was how you doing pal I'm good. I'm good. I hope you're doing well, too, and yeah, as uh, all our listeners tonight, and hopefully they hear something that maybe learn something new or call us and, and uh, we'll, we'll chat about what's going on in your life or your, your friends or your family's lives and how we can uh, help walk you through that. So uh, a couple stories, uh, interesting stories in the past uh, week or two. Uh, the first one involves an individual who worked for a manufacturing company on the assembly line. He'd been working there for about 25 years as a frontline supervisor, and about a year ago, he got into a boating accident. And fortunately, there's no fatalities, but he was pretty banged up, and he put his back out pretty bad. So he came back to work and tried to come back, but it's, but the injury started interfering with his job, and soon enough, he had to go on a medical leave of absence. And during that leave of absence, he started doing physiotherapy. I think he had some chiropractic work and was on some medications to heal. And he also applied for short-term disability. Now, over the last year, he made some progress, but hasn't really got to the level where his doctor was comfortable sending him back to work, which is right. pretty demanding. So he's been regularly communicating to the company and the insurer, and the insurer's been co- copying the company and all the correspondence. Okay, well, everything's going pretty smoothly until about three months ago. Now, at that point, the short-term disability insurer, as insurers often do, decided they didn't feel like paying him any longer and said, you know what, we think you're ready to go back to work. And they cut off his benefits. Mm -hmm. Now, the company's copied on this letter and says, oh, okay, great. See you back at work next week. Now, the problem is this gentleman wasn't ready to go back to work. So he's kind of looking at this and saying, well, hold on a second. Wait a minute. And in fact, he had an up-to-date note from his doctor saying that he still needed some more time before it was safe for him to go back to work. And I'm happy to say that he did the right thing because he sent the company the note right away, basically stating, hey, I'm not ready. Here's the doctor's note showing I'm not ready. Let me know if you need more information. I'm still going to need one or two more months. Well, the company wasn't happy with this. They said, nope, disability insurer says you're not qualified for benefits anymore, so come back next week. Wow. Of course, he's not. Yeah, wow, right. So he's not going to disregard his doctor's advice, and, and he doesn't. And so what does the company do? They terminate his employment for just cause on the grounds that he failed to show up for work. So I'm glad that this person called me because, of course, he's done nothing wrong here. He had a legitimate, up-to-date medical note that he sent to the company and a reason why he wasn't able to come back to work. And and this is a problem that, or this is a mistake, rather, that that companies, employers, often get wrong. The denial of disability benefits 
is based on a specific disability policy, and that may have nothing to do with whether he was ready to come back to work. Now, of course, the other thing is that the insurer may have been completely wrong in telling this person he could go back to work. They didn't subject him to an independent medical exam, and it's his treating physician who knows. And as it so happens, he is ready to go back to work now. So if the company had simply waited a couple months, they could have prevented the whole mess. Right. And the reality is after 25 years as a frontline supervisor, uh, this person could be owning anywhere from about... 18 to 20 months of his pay, and that's yeah. only because he's, uh, you know, he's still relatively young, and that's what we'll be helping him to negotiate. So there's a few lessons uh, for the, from this story for employees, and I'd say there's two main ones. The first is that you should always, always communicate with your employer when you're on a medical leave, because things could have been very different here if he left his employer in the lurch, or if yeah. after, right, if after he got that note, he, he just didn't show up to work. So always being transparent, open communicating with your employer is very very important and the other thing is just remember that the denial of your disability benefits is not the same as your ability to return to work you have a doctor for a reason trust his or her advice and communicate that to your employer and and of course employers here there's a lesson which is uh, you'd be well advised to remember this that you know just because you receive something from the disability insurer that says one thing does not mean that you can treat their employment as uh, you know or you can take that as this person has to come back to work uh, they're two very separate things was he close to the two year mark did you mention that uh, no, he he wasn't uh, he wasn't close to the two year mark, so there wasn't any uh, there wasn't any issue uh, there. Uh, I mean, he and he wasn't he actually wasn't off for work for very long. Wow. Uh, he it's just it's just the disability insurer had you know they they came to the view that you know they they had received some medical evidence from their from the doctor and they interpreted that in a certain way to so say oh okay you don't meet this qualification gotcha. anymore so you're coming back to work so it actually didn't have anything to do with the uh, the two year mark. No kidding. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lines are open. You have questions uh, on your own about your employment. Feel free to uh, give us a call for the remainder of the time here. would love to talk to you on this Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. What uh, what else is on the docket there, pal? Well, the second story is a little more straightforward. So this is okay. a senior manager of a small startup company who'd been employed with the company for about five years. And he had received a salary of about $80,000, but also received a pretty significant bonus, ranging anywhere from about $10,000 to $20,000 per year. He was let go a few weeks ago and offered his minimum entitlements, which in this case was only about five weeks' pay due to the size of the company. So the employer was relying on an employment contract, Mm -hmm. which contained a termination clause that limited his entitlements in the event of a without-cause dismissal. Uh, At least they said it did. Now, they simply didn't have justification for this position anymore. They basically restructured the company. But the company says that this termination clause gives us the right to only pay you your, your five weeks under the Employment Standards Act. Uh, now, this person, uh, this gentleman who'd been employed as a senior manager, he told me he didn't understand what that contract meant at the time and now regrets having agreed to it. Well, I reviewed this termination clause, and in about one minute, it was clear to me this clause was not worth the paper it was written mm-hmm. on. Completely illegal, invalid, unenforceable. So right off the bat, this person was owed potentially up to about six months of his pay. But the other thing is that he was entitled to his bonus as well, based on the average bonuses of the last year. So not only was he owed his bonus for the year of his termination, he was owed a prorated bonus into the following year. So his severance is going to be based on, I I would say, about $95,000 per year in income. 
So, again, about two lessons here. Uh, for employees, number one, always review your employment agreements before signing. Uh, it was only through good fortune that uh, the clause here happened to be illegal. It's right. always better to know what you're getting into beforehand. And secondly, be aware of clauses that limit your bonus entitlements at termination. So sometimes there's a clause that says if you're paid severance, we're going to exclude your bonus. Um, and that might not appear in your employment contract. That might appear in a separate document, like a bonus plan. So just watch out for those things. Have them reviewed by an employment lawyer. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. First call of the night. Got uh, Sean on the line here. Hey, Sean, thanks for hanging on there. How are you? Hey, gentlemen. How are you this evening? Good, good. Thanks. So, you know, so my question is, uh, when it comes to severance, uh, you know, many times, like I've listened to the show and, um, you know, you know, the question is asked, you know what, do you have your original um, employment contract? And of course, sometimes when you've been with a company for a long time, let's say 12, 15 years, you know, you may have either lost that particular document or, yep. you know, you don't know, you don't know where it is. So, you know, in that kind of case, what do you do? Well, I actually get that question all the time. And the first thing that I remind uh, my clients and, and the people who call us is that an employment agreement typically isn't for your benefit. It's typically for the employer's benefit. Now, if you're someone who has maybe a, a very generous termination clause or a fixed-term contract, there are ways to get that. If the employer has a copy of it, uh, in the context of you claiming severance, the employer is going to have to actually produce it. But in most cases, I'd say probably about 90% of cases, if not more, an employment agreement is something that an employer is going to rely on. So if you don't have it and they don't have it, that's probably a good thing for you as an employee. As an employer, they're the ones who are going to want to track that down. The only exceptions to those, generally speaking, are, again, if you've got like this fixed term or you've got a very generous termination clause that gives you something uh, more generous than normal. But typically, that that is is going to be the last thing that I'm worried about when someone calls me is whether they have their employment agreement because if there's one there that the employer is going to rely on we're going to find out about it very quickly okay then okay so I hope that answers your question if you have uh, any other questions definitely give us a call but uh, certainly not something I would uh, stay up at night worrying about Sean, appreciate that. The opening call there, and uh, you want to reach out, get a hold of John or Lior for some for some more thoughts. That's uh, that's easy, man. It's a one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't checked it out already, severancepaycalculator.com is a great place to go. That'll tell you uh, how much severance you rode at uh, any particular time. You just punch in some basic uh, data there on yourself. It's completely anonymous. You couldn't pay for it if you wanted to. And from there, you get a lot of information and a contact button at the uh, at the bottom as well. Uh, temporary layoffs. We always hear this term. I know you talk about it in the week that was quite often, uh, John, so we'll get into that. Uh, i got a couple minutes here before our first break. Let's just uh, start to touch on it before we move over to more phone calls. What is a temporary layoff and how is it different than, say, a regular termination of employment? Well, for most people, those are one and the same. Now, often you hear that you can have a temporary layoff of up to 13 weeks without benefits yes. or about 35 weeks with continuation of benefits. And some people will have a contract that says that an employer can do just that. And unfortunately, if you've agreed to that as a term of your employment, then you're stuck with it. But for the majority of people, they haven't agreed to that. And hopefully, um, they uh, that's because maybe they've been offered that and they haven't uh, they didn't agree to sign it because they spoke with an employment lawyer or because their employer just never brought that to their attention. And in those cases, you treat those as a termination just like any other. There is no difference. 
We're going to, uh, like I said, take a, a short pause here, get a, a phone call on the air, get everything lined up. I just want to uh, get this all rounded up before we continue on with that particular topic and get the phone calls happening. Dan, hang on. I see you there. We'll get to you. You as well, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell and help at employmenthour.com. Just getting the ball rolling on the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour right here. On Global News Radio. You sure are. Still plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. In between that, we'll talk about everything you need to know about the old temporary layoff. First, I'll get to uh, to Bob. Hey, Bob, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. How are you today? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? Okay. Uh, well, there's... Yeah, I do have nerve damage in my right arm, but anyways... Uh, I was just wondering, it's nothing that can be pinpointed, but in regards to I get paid uh, by check and I get a T5 at the end of the year. Now, the thing is, if I end up going on compensation, would my employer be, current employer, be responsible? And would his compensation rates when you when you say going on compensation, what what do you mean by that? Do you mean by going on a disability claim? Do you mean going on WSIB? Uh, right now, it looks like I'm going to be on WSIB. And doctor's note I do have, it states I'm not to return back to work until at least October 6th. And it does state on the doctor's note that it is totally disabled. Right. So if you're eligible for disability benefits and you can apply for disability benefits now, then that's who would be paying for that. Uh, otherwise, you'll be entitled to uh, the whatever WSIB determines that you are uh, entitled to be compensated for in the circumstances. The only time that it becomes an issue uh, where the employer is going to become liable is if you are ready to come back to work um, and uh, and the employer doesn't allow you to come back, or if you're permanently unable to come back to work, in which case they would owe you just the statutory minimum. Yeah, okay. And would his compensation rates go up? Would he have to pay them if I have to put in a... Sorry, I think you, you cut out there a little bit at the put end. Put in a what, Bob? Oh. I'm sorry, uh, what was the last part of your sentence? Go ahead. Uh... Would my employer be responsible? Would his um, payments to WSIB go up? Because it's not something that can be pinpointed. That that I can't say. I mean, that that's um, that's usually determination that I believe is made by WSIB. I don't think that's necessarily going to have a, a major impact uh, on you, but there there could be an increase uh, in premiums. Yeah, okay. It's just, well, it's not my employer's fault. It's something that's obviously taken years to develop. Right, 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 right. Well, there you go, Bob. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time tonight. Uh, plenty of time for you to call in, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Get to uh, to Missy. Hi, Missy. Thank you for hanging on. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's uh, What's your question? So I was offered a three-month contract, and in the contract there was a termination clause, and within that termination clause it was basically the ESA, the Ontario Standard um, Employment Agreement, which means that for the term of that three-month contract there's zero requirement to pay anything if they let me go at any point in time without notice. 
Right. And, right. And so does that make sense for a fixed term contract? Well, I mean, the, the thing about a fixed-term contract is, generally speaking, you can actually have a fixed-term contract that, that just ends at the end of the contract, right? Effectively, um, the, unless, you're, unless you have an entitlement to statutory severance, for example, so where there's a payroll over $2.5 million and you've been there more than five years, that's the only time that they can't pay it out by way of notice. But otherwise, any employer can pay you a severance package by way of providing you with notice. And when they give you a fixed-term contract, that is the notice, right? They're telling you your employment is going to end on such and such date. Now, it is true that under the Employment Standards Act, you have to be continuously employed for three months or more before you're even qualified for termination pay. But in your case, it's almost a moot point because they're effectively giving you three months notice as that this is when your employment's going to end. So you're going to be able to use those three months to search for another job and make sure you have something lined up at the end of it, which is generally speaking the point of severance. Right. But their interpretation of it was really that they could let me go at any point in time without paying any severance because they, they wrote in that there's no severance payable, right? Like, yeah. No, no, no. I, I see what you're saying. So that they can, they basically put in a clause that gives them the right to early, uh, to terminate it early without severance. Um, and that, I mean, depending on how that clause is worded, that could be legal because under the Employment Standards Act, uh, there there is no obligation to pay until you've been employed for three months or more. Now, I'd, I'd want to see the clause as well, and there may be there may be an illegality there because if they say that um, they can let you go, you know, on the day after three months or on the day of three months, and still not provide you with any termination pay, that could be illegal under the Employment Standards Act. But technically, you know, that that period of time is not a period of time that you'd be entitled to any termination pay. So it, it very well could be a legal clause. Right, but if they, so it's a three-month contract to, to do work. So if mm-hmm. they were to end the contract early and there's no, like, so would there not under contract law, there would, wouldn't there be a requirement to pay out the remainder of the contract? Potentially not if there is an early termination clause there. That's why you have to watch out for those things. Okay. So I, I actually turned down the contract because I didn't like the way they had that word. It gave them the right to fire me without uh, without notice or... or and uh, that, or... <laughs> that, that may very well have been the right call, Missy. Okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Missy. Appreciate the call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You're on the line. Just hang on. We'll get to you. The calls are coming in. People want to know stuff, John. That's the way it is every that's night on this show. That's a good night. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. Dan, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, joining us, Dan. How are you, pal? Um doing all right you uh, we're all right we're hanging in there still fogging up a mirror so that's a good sign no uh, what's on uh, what's on your mind brother okay uh i'm working with a company and they're being bought out or merging nobody yeah. will give us a straight answer right I'm, I'm told three weeks to a month that'll be it i'll be done the other company is we were told that the other company's going to take us all over well I went up for a meeting with them. When they found out what I made, they sort of just like, oh, we'll get back to you tomorrow, and nobody's got back to me. Uh, Dan, how long have you been employed with the original company, the one that's being bought out? I'm in my 11th year. 11th year. Okay, and what do you do for them? I'm a seat supervisor, mechanic, everything. I'm a go-to guy. Okay, and uh, around how old are you right now? I'm, I'm 60. Okay. Well... Here's, here's the reality. In a situation like that, if your employment is being terminated by the company that is selling, which is what happens when you have an asset purchase sale, when all the assets are being sold, it sounds like that's probably what's going on here, then what happens is 
you have to wait and see if the new company is going to offer you a new job. And if the company offers you a job that is as good as the job you had before, if it's comparable, then you have a decision. You can either not take that job and receive only your minimum entitlements, or you can take that job and your service just continues. Now, here we may have a situation where they're not offering you something comparable. And in that situation, uh, if you don't accept the job, then your original company, the one who has sold, has now terminated your employment. You don't have a comparable offer on the table, and that original company is going to owe you severance. And based on everything you've told me, uh, you could be easily owed upwards of 12 months of your pay, uh, or potentially even more than that, potentially 14 months. So definitely, if you have gotten confirmation from this new company that they're not offering you something comparable, give us a call, because we're going to need to go back to that original company that sold their assets uh, and uh, negotiate a severance package for you. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Thanks for calling. Dan, appreciate the uh, appreciate the call, my friend. Stay safe on the road. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's to get a hold of John or uh, Lior or one of the members of that uh, fantastic team at the firm. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at uh, employmenthour.com. We have uh, another call. Let's go to uh, to Bob. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Uh, good evening. Hi. Good evening. How are you guys doing? Good, Pally. What's up? Good. I uh, got a question about, uh, actually, I would like to know what are my rights are. Working for this transport company for about almost eight years now, and I give them a notice, a uh, short notice, that I have to take the two and a half weeks off due to my uh, medical issue of my parents. And they told me we'll, we'll let you know about it, how that goes, whether they will able to give me or not uh, the, the two and a half weeks off. Now, I want to know which I have to take they're doing a half week. If they let me go for my job, what are, what are my rights of that? And that's a good question. So the this this brings up the uh, what what's called family status right under the Human Rights Code. So remember that you have more than just the Employment Standards Act to protect you when it comes to leave of absence. And if you're in a situation where you have a, where it's a parent uh, and child relationship, which can be parents caring for children, people caring for aging parents or relatives with disabilities, uh, then that is something that you are entitled to under the Human Rights Code. You are entitled to an unpaid leave of absence. And if the company terminates your employment as a result of you doing that, then that is going to be, first of all, a wrongful dismissal if they haven't paid you adequate severance. And secondly, that could be a reprisal under the Human Rights Code that entitles you to additional damages there. So if that happens, I want you to give us a call because you are going to potentially have some significant entitlements there. And hopefully the company makes the right decision and doesn't terminate your employment because that would not be the right, the right way to react to that. Uh, but you do have rights here and you should know that. Okay. Thank you so much. That's what I need to know. Thank You're very you, welcome. Bob, appreciate that. Thanks for the call. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to uh to reach out further. Get along to uh to Gary here. Hey Gary, good evening. Hey, good evening. Thanks for uh taking a moment. Sure. Uh just just briefly, uh I've been working for a company for uh twelve years. Um uh, they restructured uh, the contract for our sales division in January of this year. And uh, just uh, Friday, I was uh, advised uh, I was terminated without cause. So I'm just wondering what I might be entitled to. to. Uh, all they said to me was, we're going in a different direction. Well, hey, that's, that's, that's just a line. But anyway, uh, 
they've uh, offered me uh, a severance for based on the new contract, not on the averages of my incomes over the twelve uh, years or three okay. years or five years. So what 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 are they right because they say per ESA per new contract this is all you're going to get. Well, there's okay. So those are two very different things. So there's there's a couple live issues here. So first of all, the the Employment Standards Act and what you're entitled to by way of your full entitlements is very different, right? So the Employment Standards Act requires that the average of the last twelve weeks be used. But if your entitlements, oh. but if your entitled, but but hold on, I, I don't despair yet, uh, because if your entitlements are not limited to the Employment Standards Act, then it's going we're, we're going to look at a much bigger picture than the last twelve weeks. We may look at the last three years, for example which is what we often do. We look at your total compensation. It's not based on um, you know, a new contract if you haven't agreed to it. It's based on what you would have likely received, and we have to basically project that. Now, the other thing is you've been there for 12 years, uh, and you're in a sales position. And, and around how old are you? Uh, 69. Okay. So, I mean, in this situation, they're going to owe you certainly more than 12 years of your pay. They could owe you anywhere from, I would say, 12 to 14 uh, months of your pay, uh, even more than that. I think I may have said years, not 12 years. That would be nice, but 12, 12, to, 14, right. 12 to 14 months of your pay uh, in this situation, probably more on the 14-month side and, and arguably uh, even a little bit higher than that. So if they've offered you less than that, then this is a, certainly a severance package that should be negotiated. And when we're looking at your entitlements, we're going to look at the full picture. Okay, so they, they may be looking at just the, the last 12 weeks for the sake of your minimum entitlements, but the full picture is going to be more complicated than that. And uh, definitely give us a call so we can talk about that. Okay. Uh, that's awesome. I kind of thought that, but I, I wasn't yeah. clear because they're just hinging it on the new force contract of this year. Yeah, it sounds like that's probably not an adequate severance package that we should uh, definitely chat about. Smart call, Gary. Nicely done. That number again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to uh, to move on. And please do make that phone call tomorrow. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. You have questions just like these, man. People don't know stuff about their job. They're in the dark, and it can end up saving you, if not making you, a lot of money on the back end when it comes to severance. If you just make one right move and make that phone call, uh, John. How are you, pal? Good evening. Yeah, I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Good, brother. Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I've got a question on uh, on a car uh, car situation I'm in. So I currently work in sales, been working for the organization for five years. Recently, been bought out in the last twelve months. So today, I get a company car, uh, gas, insurance, anything associated with the vehicle maintenance, so on and so forth. So I put a dollar figure on that. Um, let's say it's forty thousand um, dollars for the car and the subsequent. Um, payments and, and things associated with that. So monthly, I look at it as 1500 bucks a month mm-hmm. uh, net in my pocket. Right. Uh, once that lease runs out, the company will, the new company will not be renewing leases. So they put you on a business mileage allowance. Um, if I calculate that at what it looks like today, there's about a $1,000 a month net gap right. um, that would have to be closed. Are they would the company have to close that gap if it's in my employment contract that I'm entitled to a vehicle and all the things associated to it? It's it's a great question and one that we probably won't get to the bottom of on, on air, but something that we should right. probably talk about. I'll give you the general contours here, which is that if they breach your employment contract, the, yeah. the first thing that we have to look at is, okay, how, how serious of a breach is this? 
Um, mm-hmm. And do you want to treat it as the kind of breach where we maybe just treat it as, as a breach of contract where we say, you know, you have to provide me with this? Or do you want to treat it basically as the termination of your employment, which is a very right. big decision to make and one yeah. that should only be done in consultation with an employment lawyer? Now, yeah. here, if we're talking about $1,000 a month, unlikely that's um, going to be uh, enough to form a constructive dismissal, but it could. Uh, it could, and uh, we'd want to look at maybe there's some other costs that are going to be borne by you as a result of these changes, um, or maybe there is something um, in the formation of your contract or in your contract that suggests it is, in fact, a fundamental term of your employment. Uh, right. And if that's the case, then this could be a fundamental breach of your employment agreement, uh, and you, you could be looking at potentially severance. But the answers to these questions typically are not simple. Uh, I will say that I, I hesitate in your case to to, call, to label that as a constructive dismissal. It, do, it doesn't right. sound like but, uh, quite a drastic enough change that it would form a constructive dismissal, but it very well could be, and I wouldn't rule it out. So um, right. if you'd like, certainly give us a call, and we can walk through it with you in more detail and give you a, a more detailed answer to that question. No, that makes sense. I appreciate it. I'm sure it is, uh, takes more than five minutes, right? <laughs> it it can in these situations, but uh, I'm glad he gave the call. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. Reaching out, simple as well, one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. That is the email address you want to use. Moving on down the line here, Steve, thanks for hanging on. Fella, how are you tonight? I'm fine, thank you. Beautiful. Uh, what's, uh, what's your concern? Thanks for taking my call, by the way. You bet. Um, I worked many, many years. I'm a CA by trade, and I'm retired, so I uh, like to do things on the side. And uh, in December of 17, I found a part-time job that was actually quite lucrative, even at $14 an hour. There was never a complaint filed, uh, uh, and and all of a sudden uh, there was a blow-up between me and one of the junior uh, I'll call her a junior manager. Uh, long story short, uh, that happened in uh, October of 18. So January 17, January 18 to October 18, per se, I, my T4 was $10,000. So I put in a lot of hours. All right. And again, it was part time. Uh, you wait for your call, you come in. Mm-hmm. And, and bottom line is between October and December, I got one more day. And then in January of uh, 19, I got a, uh, uh, severance, uh, letter, uh, termination letter. Mm-hmm. And it took me until God knows how long to even get, uh, my separation certificate from them. Mm-hmm. And as a temporary employee, what they did, by the way, is they gave me, I didn't have a choice. They just said, you're getting this on severance. They gave me all of 20 hours at $14 an hour, which was $280, right? I had worked there. Technically, I had worked there. Actually, uh, according to the severance letter, I was uh, employed up until February 25th of 18. Okay? And the reason that they put down on the the separation certificate was uh, uh, no work. Right, right, okay. shortage of work. There was never us. There was never a complaint filed. I went through human resources. By the way, as part time, what they also do is they pay out uh, vacation pay whenever you know they they accrue it every two weeks type mm-hmm. thing. And uh, so I have no idea so, what my rights were as a temporary employee. To me, it's a constructive dismissal. Well, I, I, I don't know that this would fall into the constructive dismissal box, but it could just be a straightforward wrongful dismissal. So you were right. employed there for about how long? 
Why, a year? Go from December, Seven. December of seventeen to February, the end of February. Right, of 18. right, exactly. So, okay, so just over a so year, fifteen months. Yeah, right. So just over a year, and so in this cir- circumstance, it's it's not a question of constructive dismissal. It's a question of whether they've paid you an adequate severance package. And if they haven't paid you an adequate severance package, then it uh, could be a wrongful dismissal. Uh, and the idea of a wrongful dismissal is that, that they didn't give you sufficient advance notice of the termination and they didn't pay you in lieu of that notice. So in your circumstances, I, I could see you be entitled to three months, maybe even four months of your pay. Uh, Interesting. You're, excuse me. I think you're right on because I went on to severance pay calculator mm-hmm. uh, and I believe that the number was four months. There you go. <laughs> so uh, I would I would give us a call. Um, this is something that uh, certainly we would uh, we would get you set up with a, a paralegal to, to discuss because um, it sounds fairly straightforward in terms of the amount of severance that they would owe to you. And if it's shortage of work, there's no allegations that they had just cause. So it's just a matter of whether they gave you an adequate severance package, and they, they very well could owe you more. And it sounds like they do. Uh, that's what I thought, and that's why I called. So when I when I call in this week, uh, do I say that? I, I'm sorry, I never got your name. I apologize. My name's John, but you can you can certainly speak with uh, any, anyone at ST Law, and uh, we'll definitely point you in the right direction. Steve, appreciate the call. Nicely done. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to reach out to John or, like you said, Lior, anybody else at the firm. There's a ton of great folk there can uh, can handle your situation for sure. Going to move on to uh, to Paula now. Paula, thanks for hanging on the line. How are you? Good. Uh, yes, I had a question. Sure. Um, I recently started an employment uh, temporary, and I signed a temporary contract. Okay. For for two months and it's coming to an end and i was told that uh, they really enjoy working with me and would like to keep me mm-hmm. however the issue is i am substituting somebody who is on sick leave uh, on disability right and uh they that's the reason why they asked for me to sign a temporary contract uh, because uh with the disability law, they have to keep the position for the person in case they come back. That's right. Um, so my question was, if they will um, decide to uh, keep me and provide me with uh, um, a longer contract mm-hmm. or even permanent, mm-hmm. uh, would that mean uh, that would be the date that my full-time employment begins and any benefits that I will accrue? would start from that date, or would it start from the date that I started on uh, temporary? So your seniority will begin on the date that you first started with them. And if you first started with them as a temporary employee, the law will recognize that as forming part of uh, your overall seniority with uh, the company. Oh, okay. Uh, now, if you're, are you talking about group benefits? I know you, ma- you made a mention of benefits. Uh, well, I meant not not so much the group benefits, but generally everything. So let's right, say, you, you mean know, your rights and your entitlements yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. So so generally speaking, it it is your full length of service with the company uh, that will go towards your entitlements. For example, if you're let go uh, a few years from now, and we need to negotiate a severance package for you. We're, we're going to be very interested on knowing not only the day you became full-time, but the day that you started as a temporary employee, because we will always argue that that is your original date uh, of employment for your seniority, because the law recognizes that. 
Okay. I do have uh, another small question. Sure, sure. Um, what if the person who is on disability comes back um, and has to take on the position that I'm currently in? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of rights will I have? Um, well, you, will they- you'll have, I mean, if you've agreed to a to a, a fixed term or, or a termination clause, then you, you may have limited rights depending on what you've signed. But otherwise, you'll have a right to a full severance package based on your age, your position, your, in your length of service, just like anyone else. Um, okay. And despite the fact that they, they have to terminate your employment doesn't change the fact that uh, they will still have to provide you with some kind of severance package. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate you uh, tuning in. I really appreciate the phone call as well. I think that's uh, probably where we're going to leave it for the night, my friend. Good job, by the way, uh, taking all these calls. And that's why we do the show, because they keep flooding in. And then after the show, I know you do a ton more. But we will return here uh, same time on Wednesday night. Employment Hour happens Monday night, Wednesday night. Weekend shows and Employment Hour in 30 on Global TV and CTV as well. That is on your weekend mornings. Want to reach out to John, Lior, rest of the crew, one 821 and of course, helpandemploymenthour.com, the email address, and we referred to it. In fact, a couple of our callers did as well. Nicely done. That is severancepaycalculator.com. Absolutely free. It'll tell you what you owed before you even make that phone call. And there's a contact button on the bottom as well. Till next time, we're going to get out of here. Stick around, though. On Point continues. Alex Pearson is coming up next on Global News Radio.